for all of your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail, on the field, and near the rim. This is the Badger Blitz Podcast. If you want to be a Badger, just come along with me by the bright shiny light of the moon. On Overtime Media. Welcome back, everybody, to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. This is Jay Kokorowski, senior writer. We got editor, recruiting analyst, John McNamara, here in the Vivid Seats studio. And, of course, folks, use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. First-time customers only. And for those that purchased tickets yesterday down in Champaign, for those that cheer for the Cardinal, White came away with quite the stunning defeat. Wisconsin, then number six, falls to Illinois, 24-23. Quite a striking defeat. Stunning. I did not see this coming, John. Um, I know you weren't, based off of our game predictions. All And all, then, could have, would have, should have. They had opportunities to win, in my opinion. They had at least a half dozen plays right off the top of my head, but they come away with a stunning loss. And to me, it feels like it sort of changes the trajectory and the predictions for this season. Yeah, it does. And yeah, it's, it's an odd game. And if you go back through it, um, I had a chance to, to watch it again uh, this morning. It's just, you know, the, the opportunities like you talked about, Jake, were, you know, there were a lot of them and, you know, that Wisconsin, a few opportunities to put the game away. Um, you, you saw some things that were uncharacteristic of, of what you saw from this team through the first handful of games of season. And, you know, I, yeah, I, I definitely didn't think that they would go down to Champaign and, and lose to Illinois. Um, you know, that's an Illinois team that played better, um, you know, than, than what they've shown all season long, but, you know, that's, that's a game Wisconsin needs to win, you know, especially with, with the, you know, the, the expectations that, you know, a lot of Wisconsin fans had uh, after big wins against Michigan, you know, really convincing win over Michigan State. And then obviously next week, you know, a lot of people are looking forward to Ohio State. Um, you know, obviously this that lost Illinois takes a little bit of, out of the luster of that game. But, you know, that that is still a huge opportunity for Wisconsin. And, you know, if you're if you're looking for bright sides, if you're looking for silver linings, um, you know, I think it's a great game to have coming off of a loss like that. Um, you know, if, if you want to go prove to people that you are still one of the best teams in the country, uh, you, you get that opportunity seven days later against what could be the best team in the country in Ohio State. I guess in your opinion, and you, you went back to rewatch it, I was there at the game. I started rewatching it just a little bit ago. I'll get through it on the rest of my Sunday night. But in your opinion, what area went wrong in the most significant fashion to you that cost them the win. It's a team game. Don't get me wrong, but what area maybe stood out the most to you in that loss? Yeah. You know, you could make a case for, for a few different areas. Um, I, I just think maybe the secondary and how well that they played, you know, throughout the year and to, to give up those big chunk plays uh, against Illinois. And, you know, obviously Peters, you know, coming back gave him a little spark, but you know, he's, he's not the best quarterback that they've faced so far this year. And, you know, the receivers at Illinois don't really rank up with, with Michigan and, you know, even Michigan state um, it, you know, so I guess that was maybe the, the, the most surprising thing uh, is, is the secondary, but I think part of that too starts with Zach Bond, who was uh, you know, like we talked about, you know, 
throughout a lot of these podcasts and you know most recently this last podcast I talked about him as a potential all-american and he was he was silent uh, against uh, Illinois so you know not having that pressure from Bond even though they got a lot of it from from Chris Orr he had a great day um, I think you know certainly helped Illinois get the ball downfield but um, you know an uncharacteristically bad game from the secondary um, you know just kind of across the board there from the quarterback position I thought was maybe the most glaring thing. Uh, but again, you you could have made arguments for a lot of different areas here. Um, there was just you know there's there's so many times in that game as you're as you're watching as you're reading it or you're looking back, you say you know if they would have done that, that would have put the game away. Or if they would have done that, then the game is sealed. It's just there's a lot that goes into it, and then you know it all ends with that that dagger that uh, that you know field goal at the at the end of time as time expires. So there's a lot of areas you can point to. I think for me, it starts with the, with the cornerback position. You know, and it's one thing too where Dante Burton, for that matter, was beat on another long touchdown that would have given Illinois the lead in the first half, if not for that for that penalty that was assessed for I think it was uh, an eligible man downfield on that play too. So really, you know, that defense could have looked a lot worse. And for that matter, Illinois missed a field goal, so that's another three points off the board. For me, I'm going to go on the flip side, and that revolves around the running game and a team that was averaging, you know, over giving up over 200 yards per game. Uh, and in big 10 play as Doug Bouchon from, you know, orange and blue news mentioned last week, they gave up over 324 or, or about 324 yards per game on the ground to big 10 teams And Wisconsin only gets 156 yards, uh, 3.6, 3.8 yards per carry on the afternoon. Uh, Jonathan Taylor goes over the century mark again, but it reminds me of Northwestern where he did the same, but the overall totals were not there for the team. Uh, and they switched up some things on the offensive line. You saw David Mormon at left guard to start the game, Logan Bruss at right guard, and then Tyler Beach at right tackle. And, you know, there was some, even on the telecast, you're listening to it. Jason Erdman was a little banged up is how the announcer on BTN, Kevin Kugler announced that as, so, you know, and I'll look back and I'll see what Mormon did too at that left guard spot. But honestly, it's really interesting just to see just a running game that has been so dominant this season so far, and maybe the exception being Northwestern, but they rolled over Michigan. They, they did the same against Michigan State in terms of a team effort. Even though the Spartans shut down Taylor, they still ran for 222 yards. They couldn't get the job done. And you know, kudos to Illinois. It's why they play the game. This is why you play college football. And it's not a, a game on paper or you simulate it on a video game. This is why uh, they play the game uh, live. But still, Wisconsin did not run the ball. And to me, that that stood out a lot. And even though Jack Cohn had a great game outside of that one interception, um, that was most striking to me. Uh, but John, let's break down and go into let's go to each phase. I already talked about the rushing attack on offense. What else stood out to you in that performance? on Saturday that did not go well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the list kind of goes on and on, you know, I, just kind of looking back as, as maybe the general um, argument, you know, the, the general fan takeaway after that game is, you know, why didn't Wisconsin go after, you know, you know, you know, I guess why weren't they more aggressive on offense? You know, why didn't they try to air the ball out a little bit more, especially like you talked about Jake, you know, the run game wasn't necessarily hitting on all cylinders. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a question. And I think that you're going to take a deeper dive into that and, you know, really kind of break that down later this week. But 
Um, you know, why didn't you go for, you know, bigger chunk plays? Uh, you know, Quintus Sivas and Danny Davis, uh, I thought they were having pretty good games. But, um, you know, if if you weren't getting it done up front, I thought the Illinois front seven looked, looked pretty good uh, against Wisconsin. You know, why didn't you air it out a bit more? Um, you know, you know, Jake Ferguson obviously had, a, obviously had a pretty good game. But I think you could maybe down a little bit more vertically, you know, especially with, with the options that you have there. I mean, this is a very good receiving group that Wisconsin has is, you know, maybe those weapons need to be involved a bit more uh, in the offense moving forward. You'll you'll go with the passing game and going deep. I'll look at that one key sequence after a big play. You saw Jack Cohn hit Kendrick Pryor on that 35 yards, basically a, a great slant, and Cohn read it perfectly, and, and Pryor made the move and, and the separation enough. He If he scores, that game's over. But – Great tackle there by Illinois, by the defender there. Then it sets up first and goal from the three. Jonathan Taylor gets a yard. And then the next two plays are fullback dives. And to me, that stands out a lot where a lot of people are saying, why don't you give the ball to Jonathan Taylor? And they did on the first one. And from I have to check the personnel. I'm going through the game again. But I thought those were all out of 32 personnel, which for those that don't know, one uh, three running backs, two tight ends. And that that's when they used for that matter, they used Quan Easterling who got his first game time action. And we requested him to talk with him about his first time as, you know, playing as a freshman for an interview later this week, but they ran out, they ran out of 32 personnel and they got completely stood up at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I'm going to look back through that film there too, uh, later tonight, but that sequence, you know, only getting three points. And for that matter, you're within opponent's 10 yard line twice. And you only come away with two field goals. To me, that's a huge problem where you, you can't do that against Ohio state. You can't do that against a Penn state. You can't do that against a, a better team. You have to convert those touchdowns all the time. And it's either easier said than done, but with their red zone opportunities, there are two of five when it came to touchdowns, four or five overall. And then on top of that, Jonathan Taylor fumbles at the 17 yard line where they were building momentum. They could move the ball on Illinois. They had 420 yards. It's just they couldn't capitalize. They couldn't put the ball across the goal line for six on three of those five red zone opportunities. And that came back ultimately to bite them. Um, this, before I keep going on and on defensively, you already mentioned cornerbacks, but what else stood out to you? Uh, I think one thing might be some of the run plays and just for me, it's the explosive plays, not just through the air, but especially that Reggie Corbin 43-yard touchdown run. Yeah, you know, he just hadn't seen that so far from this defense. They, you know, obviously coming into the game and they were number one in the country in so many statistical categories. Um, like you said, we talked about, you know, the cornerbacks not having a great day. But, uh, yeah, Corbin looked like a really good running back. And, you know, he was able to, you know, break off some big chunk plays, you know, especially in that last drive when – you know, Wisconsin's defense has a chance to to put its foot down and, and you know, put the game away uh, to end Illinois' last drive. And, you know, Corbin came up big a few times on that drive. So um, it just – across the board, they, they this just wasn't the same group that you saw, you know, through the first handful of games this season, uh, which was surprising because, you know, you, you thought you had – I shouldn't say you thought you had. I just, I th- you know, this – this is the just the Illinois game here, and you know you get the sample from Illinois. So I don't think it erases anything that team has done. You know this isn't just suddenly a bad defense anymore. So I want to make sure I'm saying that. But I think a lot of things that you expected 
you know, like Zach Bond, uh, you know, like a, a really good secondary um, that we just didn't see against Illinois. So, you know, a bright spot from that. Chris Orr had a good game, but overall, the, this defense just wasn't, you know, what you saw through the first handful of games this season. According to Stat Broadcast, which is a feature that we have on game days where that's where we see all the stats up on, you know, in live time, they document when their chunk plays, which are depending upon runner pass for runs, that's 10 yards or more as a chunk play for passing is 15 yards or more. UW gave up seven runs of 10 yards or more while allowing five plays of 15 yards or more through the air. Now, Wisconsin, you know, the good allowed 315 yards on the day. Just 315 yards. That's that's good. Two of 10 third down conversions. Great. Four sacks, seven tackles for loss. Excellent. Especially three, like you mentioned before. And we're going we're gonna to get to part one part of the section where we're going to talk about some of the good of the game. We already mentioned Chris Orr, so maybe we won't do that again. But three sacks, nine tackles. Great game from him. But, you know, those explosive plays, the Illini gained 5.6 yards per play. And then along with the Reggie Corbin touchdown run, they had the 48-yard touchdown pass. Uh, and there was also the 28-yard touchdown pass that Rashad Wild Goose gave up in that fourth quarter too. So, you know, this team, to me, like I said, it's you saw a lot of good on Saturday, but then uncharacteristically, it gave up a lot. And that when you're an Ohio State team, John, where – they thrive on that. They're at how many points per game are they averaging? Uh, they have, I think, if I'm not mistaken, over 280 yards on the ground per game right now, heading into Saturday's matchup. They may be licking their chops just based off of what Illinois did against Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think they are. And, uh, you know, you, you look at that tape and I'm sure Ohio state is, is looking at a lot of things that they think they can exploit. And like I said earlier, I think that that's, the best team in the conference, you know, just obviously record wise and, you know, talent wise as well. So I, you know, it's again, though, it's an opportunity for Wisconsin, but if, if they still believe that they're one of the best teams in the country, I'm sure they do within that inside that locker room, you know, here's your opportunity to face what may be the best team in the country. Oh, by the way, oh, real quick, Wisconsin will face an Ohio state offense. I checked it's 287.1 yards on the ground for Ohio state. And then, just about 239 through the air for the Buckeyes coming up this weekend. So that'll be, we'll get into the previews later this week. Kevin Noon from Buckeye Grove will join us to help us preview the Buckeyes on this podcast too. So just a little bit of a teaser, him and I have already been talking. So you'll have a full breakdown of Ohio State coming up sometime Wednesday or Thursday here on the podcast before I head to Columbus. But one last thing with special teams and, you know, let's, you know, maybe we won't do the positives um, as a separate section, we'll talk about Conan Ferguson. I think they need to be mentioned because they had good days, but special teams, Callan Larsh made three or four field goals. He made a career yard, career high 44 yarder, you know, where a lot of those early field goals that he had were chip shots, but he mentioned it after the game. He's going to, you know, he made three field goals. He said that, but what he'll remember or what will be remembered is the missed chip shot 37 yard field goal that again could have extended their lead. And it's another area where we were wondering where special teams could play, make an impact. This was an instant instance where there are a lot of things that went wrong. Don't get me wrong on all sides. This was a team loss, but you look at that special teams, 
that came back and bit him too. Yeah, and you know, three or four is great, but when your fourth is uh, an opportunity to win win the ball game uh, or you know put points on the board that have, would have ultimately won the game, I think that that kind of stings. Uh, you know, Lottie had a nice punt, I guess that that went out of bounds around the five yard line, but. Again, it like you said, Jake. This wasn't a game that was lost because Colin Larsh missed missed a field goal that would have won the game. I mean, there's there's you know five or six or seven areas or instances that you can look at and say, had this happened, Wisconsin could have iced the game or put it away or you know put it out of reach. However you want to however you want to phrase it. So it wasn't Colin Larsh's missed field goal that lost Wisconsin the game, but you know as you look back, that that's certainly part of it uh, when you look at all the opportunities that they had against Illinois. Now, one thing I did want to note on this day, because obviously a loss is lost. That'll be focused. There is a loss in that column, which we'll talk about the ramifications, I think, after the break, because we need to talk about the Big Ten West. We need to talk about who's the front runner now. You know, do we think Wisconsin will get to Indianapolis after this loss? I think it's it's worth asking. And you know, I'll tease it. I think they still will. But, you know, I do want to focus on a couple of positives where Jack Cohn, you know, where Last year, this wouldn't have happened, but you saw Jack Cohn really light up the defense 24 32, 264 yards, one touchdown that Jake, the beautiful read that he had on that first drive where he hit Ferguson in stride, 18 yards, touchdown, starts the day off on the right foot. Jake Ferguson, a great day as well, five catches, 77 yards, and the score. They had, as Jake Ferguson mentioned in the post game on the video you can see on badgerblitz.com, he had, you saw that corner route was open all day and it was open also against Michigan State. But, you know, there is that one interception that they had and Ferguson said he didn't get, he felt he didn't get enough depth on it, which means just going out farther on that route. But Cohn said that was on him for his decision making. And also he mentioned the great play by the Illinois defender too, but you know, you have to like that, you know, Cone, when he, when he's needed, John, he can make a play. He can carry the offense in terms of the passing game. And Wisconsin was not a 16 on third downs. And a lot of those downs, I still have to check it, but based off of memory, were third and longs because first and second down, you couldn't get, Wisconsin could not get enough yardage. I mean, they converted over 50% of them, but a lot of them were longer distance. And then Ferguson, Again, a second week where he's emerging now as a key target for Wisconsin. Right. And yeah, I think if you're looking at some of the positives, you know, you talk about Chris Orr, I think Jack Cohn as well. You know, outside of that interception, I thought he played a good game. Um, you know, he he makes the right reads. And like you mentioned, you know, him and Ferguson seem to be heating up with that connection together. Obviously, none of that matters, you know, as you look back because Wisconsin lost. But, you know, moving forward, um, I think that you really like the way Jack Cohn is performing. Um, and he, you know, gives you a lot of optimism as you move through the season and, and you look at the remaining schedule. Um, you know, I, I just kind of go back to what Jonathan Taylor said as well. You know, if he thinks, you know, he said something to the effect, obviously not a direct quote of, you know, if, if you think we're done after this loss, if you think the season's over, you know, that, that, that they still have a lot to play for, and, you know, and they do, they have Ohio state next week. And if, if you win that game, you know, you're, you're putting yourself in a pretty good position. And then, you know, you have opportunities, obviously, against Nebraska and Iowa. Um, you know, I, I know there's a ton to play for, regardless of your record, when you go back up to Minnesota. 
Um, so, you know, like you talked about, Jake, you tease a little bit. I, I, I think they're back in Indianapolis as well. Um, you know, obviously this is a blip in the radar that you did not expect, but, um, you know, there's a lot of football to be played and there's a lot of important games moving forward. And, you know, a guy like Jack Cohn, I, I think if, if, if you're looking for reasons to be optimistic, uh, he's a big one of them. And coming up on badgerblitz.com, I'm actually, I was working through this before John and I started recording. I'm looking through the film and I'm noting, cause we're seeing a lot of discussion talking about the pistol formation and why Wisconsin's using it. and some early results, Wisconsin gained some yards yards in that pistol look. And I'm going to dive into that in an article coming up on badgerblitz.com. And I'm also working to try to talk to a couple of brains. I will refer to them in, in the football game that have played football and just talking about the benefits of pistol. I want to try to really dive into this, but uh, you know, the first driver to, you know, Wisconsin, that pistol form actually gained some yardage. So uh, just giving you guys a little bit of a tease there, uh, and you know, I'm also going to look at where, when they weren't under center, when they were under center, just how successful they were. I'll break that down too going forward. But my last question before we go to break, John, what was the worst loss last year to BYU or this year to Illinois? I think it's this year against Illinois. Um, you know, I, I don't know what exactly what it was, but there was a stat. This is the worst loss in so-and-so years. I mean, they were 31-point favorites, I think. And, you know, I, I think there's, you know, going into this game, again, this is something that you thought you would go down to Champagne, take care of business, um, and then, you know, obviously go on the road to, to play Ohio State, which was uh, a huge, huge football game for you. So, um, you know, last year in the – BYU, that I mean, that was a stunner as well. That happened at home, so I think that that plays a factor into it. But um, yeah, I, I got to go Illinois uh, this year just because of of the way that you were rolling, you know, through through this season. And um, I, I just don't I don't know anyone that would have picked Illinois, you know, legitimately that that's unbiased, that's not a a graduate of that university that said, yeah, I, I think Illinois. You know, I've been looking at things. I really like how they match up. I think I think they got a really good shot to win this game. And I think they will. Um, so I'll go Illinois, um, but I, I do think it's pretty close. I think Illinois as well, and that's because of like you mentioned how dominant the wins were outside of Northwestern. Even though I'll count that as a dominant win against the Wildcats because of the way just that series has been in recent memory, and it always gets a little crazy. So I'll go that route there, where Illinois when you leave a team just a little bit of hope, a little glimmer and that chance to get back in the game, like Wisconsin did with so many opportunities. I think that's one against BYU felt there's a little something different last year based off of memory. They weren't converting third downs. They, they were allowing like this year, some big plays on the ground, but really you know, this year, just the way how dominant they were, the fact that they had opportunities to to win and really ice the game and didn't, I'll go this year with Illinois, especially with what could be ahead for Wisconsin going forward. But and like we said, folks, we're going to have Kevin Noon on from Buckeye Grove later this week to talk about the Buckeyes and what to expect in Columbus. Of course, Wisconsin did not get it done against Illinois, uh, which was a huge surprise. But going forward this week, it is Ohio State. And my bookie is your place for even more action for the game. 
Not only your point spread in total, but my bookie offers in-game wagering, so track the action and movement as the game takes place. Game props, playoff odds, and national championship odds are available too. Oh, and we can't forget the Heisman odds. And that just scratches the surface. We have teamed up with MyBookie this October to give you this great offer. Sign up at MyBookie.ag and use promo code OVERTIME and they will match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME and new users get their first deposit doubled. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. We're going to take a quick break, come back, talk more about Wisconsin's 2019 season and if some trajectories change now because of what transpired on Saturday. Today's episode of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ, the brand new streaming sports news network. It's live 24-7 and costs you nothing. That's right, it's sports coverage that's always on and always free. Always. And honestly, that's why I love going to CBS Sports HQ. It's free. It doesn't cost you a subscription. It's right there in front of you. That's what I get excited about each and every time I log on. CBS Sports HQ's coverage always focused on the game. Tons of highlights, breaking news as it happens, fantasy advice, and something we care about deeply here, gambling picks and analysis to get that extra edge. I know when I turn on CBS CBS Sports HQ, I'll see the tips and trends I need to win my bets. And don't forget, you can get access to all this great coverage completely free. I don't mean free for a week or a month, or if you have some special cable package. It's totally, completely free for everybody. You don't even need a login. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, or other connected device at any time to watch CBS Sports HQ. No fake debates, just sports for real sports fans at the great price of, you guessed it, completely free. You don't even have to log in or sign up for anything. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. You know, next Saturday, I know Wisconsin lost to Illinois, John, but it will be a huge game like you mentioned. Wisconsin, number 13 now in the AP pool with Ohio State, a top five program. Wisconsin travels to Columbus, and this is a great time for you to make a road trip. The horseshoe is gorgeous. Ohio Stadium is one of the most well-known stadiums, and you can get a seat for the game with Vivid Seats. And Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for the events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Vivid Seats rewards. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. And when it's time to buy, new users enter promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. We are back here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media. Jay Kokorowski, senior writer. We have editor, recruiting analyst, John McNamara here in the Vivid Seat studio. And we talked about the game. We dissected the game. Let's just look a little bit. Let's look broader here, folks. Talking about the 2019 season, we already talked about maybe two or three weeks ago, realigning expectations for this team. I feel like we have to recalculate a little bit 
just based off of what happened and what transpired inside Memorial Stadium on Illinois' homecoming weekend. John, does this change your expectations at all for this 2019 season? Yeah, I think it does. Um, again, because you know you expected to go to Illinois and and, and win that ball game pretty handedly. Um, but you know that being said, you can still accomplish a lot of the things that you wanted to accomplish at the start of the season. You know, one, winning the Big Ten title. Or, you know, I guess maybe a step before that, one, getting back to to Indianapolis. That's still very achievable. You know, a, another probably going into Minneapolis and getting the axe back, which is still on the table. Um, you know, and then, you know, another one winning the big 10, like I said, um, obviously that that's going to be difficult. Um, you know, you'll, you'll probably see either Ohio state again, or, you know, potentially Penn state in Indianapolis, if you do get there. Um, you know, I, I still think, and I think a lot of people might disagree. I, you know, I hear this on the, the radio all the time that, you know, Wisconsin would have to go undefeated in order to, to go to the college football playoffs. Hey, look, if you beat, Ohio State, and you and you run the table, and you go to Indianapolis, and you beat Ohio State or Penn State, and you're a one-loss Big Ten championship team. I, I still think there's a good chance, you know, depending on a, you know whatever else happens around the world of college football, that that you could sneak into the college football playoff. So again, I might be in the minority there, but you know, I, I think that that's still a possibility as well. So you know, you can make an argument that everything that you still wanted to do at the start of the season is still on the table, um, but you know, just the way, like we talked about, the way that this team was rolling and then to to do what they did on Saturday, you, you know, just has, you know, brings so many questions out. And, you know, when you're winning, everything looks good. And when you're winning the way that Wisconsin was, um, it, it covers up some of the darker areas or, or some of the mistakes that you have. When you lose against Illinois, you know, everything is up for debate. You know, I, I saw people talking about Graham Mertz should be starting against Ohio State. I mean, that's, that's how wild it gets. But, you know, that's... <laughs> I guess that's what happens when you go and you lose to an Illinois team on the road in a season where you thought uh, you had a really great chance potentially of, of winning the Big Ten and making it to a college football playoff. So, again, I think a, you know just about every goal that you had at the start of the year is still on the table, but um, you, know, you have some people scratching their heads a- after Saturday's loss. I do agree with you on the point about if they win out, which is going to be a lot easier said than done, but if they beat Ohio State, on Saturday and a huge would be a huge upset. Even if they were still undefeated, it would still be a huge upset just how, by how dominant Ohio state's been but on both sides of the ball. If they could contain Justin Fields, JK Dobbins and chase young and win, that would have been huge for them. They would have vaulted into a top three program. If they were undefeated now that obviously changes, but it's still going to be a big game for them. If they can pull it off a pull, you know, a huge upset, and I think if they do go to Indianapolis, which we'll ask that question in just a second, and they beat, and like I said, they went out in the regular season and then they defeat whoever is there in Indy, I think they'd be in. I think just based off of their resume and, and one bad loss, we've seen that happen before with teams having a bad loss and they, they're still in there. However, uh, I think in my head, I'm along those lines where it comes to the point where Every game now, it, you mentioned how dominant they were and they let this one slide. I think every game going forward, there's that hint of, in terms of for my expectations, they could definitely lose. And they can always lose the game. I mean, every, every week they talk about being locked in because they respect every Big Ten opponent. And we don't necessarily 
in my opinion, obviously we started talking about and looking ahead to Ohio state before this matchup even began, but you know, there's now a little sliver of, you know, against Nebraska, who's looked terrible that, you know, that offense with Adrian Martinez is very potent whenever, if he's healthy. So, and along with JD, uh, you know, Spielman there too. So that could be an interesting game in Lincoln, but then again, Nebraska has shown that it can't stop the run game. Purdue with its offense, you know, depending upon who's available there, that could be something to watch in the home finale. I was going to be tough coming off that second bye weekend. And so, you know, and then gets Minnesota, Minnesota's undefeated still. So we'll see just how this team responds, but I just think, think the, the confidence level in the team getting the victory for the last five games now changes in my opinion. Going for the second one, John, do you think they have a chance against Ohio state And you mentioned it where this loss could, you know, refocus this team a little bit more. Do you think they have a shot to upset Ohio state in Columbus this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. I think they have a shot. Um, you know, it, it's going to take, you know, maybe a near perfect game though. Um, like you, like we talked about, I think Ohio state is right up there when you talk about the most talented teams in the country and they may be playing as well as any team in the country. Uh, so, you know, to go in there and, and to play that team, um, it's, it's going to be a tall challenge and that was whether you beat Illinois or not. Um, but you know, I, I think they do have a chance. I think you do have a chance when you have a guy like Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, I think it's going to take a special game from him. Um, you know, Jack Cohn. I don't know that you need him to, to do any more than he's already done. Um, I, I think that, you know, what he's, what he's given this team uh, has been, you know, for one exceeded, I think just about everyone's expectations. And um, I think he's done a lot of good this year. So, you know, if he can continue to, to play, you know, relatively turnover free football. And I, obviously I know that he threw the big interception against Illinois. I think that's, that's going to help Wisconsin. And then, you know, if, if this defense can kind of bounce back in a form, um, I, I think they do have a shot. Now, would I bet money on Wisconsin? I, I don't think so. Um, uh, Ohio State is just a very good team. Uh, one thing that I, I do think, though, that, that benefits the Badgers is that this game is played at 11 o'clock. Um, so you, you, you don't have that kind of hype building up. And, again, I think some of the luster's taken out after Wisconsin lost to, to Illinois. But, you know, if, if this was a night game uh, in Columbus, you know, under those lights, I think it would have been a more difficult atmosphere to play in. Obviously, Ohio State fans are going to show up and it's going to be loud, but um, I, I think the 11 o'clock kickoff, you know, is a little bit more favorable for Wisconsin in comparison to a night game. Um, so, yeah, do they have a shot? Yeah, I think they I think they have a shot, but um, I, I expect Ohio State to win on Saturday. Big noon Saturday coming to Columbus, all that good stuff. Uh, should be interesting. You know, coming up this week, I know I'll be making the trip down there my first time. I think they have a shot. Uh, like you mentioned, but it also goes back to, as you said, they have to play pretty flawless, which is going to be very tough against the Justin Fields led offense and JK Dobbins and what he's done. And I believe what's been a bounce back year for him too. So I think there's a chance, but they have to play pretty perfect and they have to have some things go their way. Uh, and I think the defense needs to score a touchdown uh, to help out too. Uh, I'm based off of that. However, we'll get more into those details coming up later this week on this podcast and also on badgerblitz.com. Uh, my last question to you, do you feel that they'll get back to Indianapolis, John? And 
even though they lost and a loss could be loom large in the Big Ten West, do you think they will represent the division in the Big Ten championship game? Yeah, I, I do think they get there. Um, and again, they, they they have some some big games coming up. Obviously, that starts with Ohio State, but I, I do think they get there. Um, you know, Minnesota right now has to be the favorite. Obviously, they're, they're undefeated. Uh, I just need to see a little bit more from Minnesota. And I do think, you know, regardless of what happens in these next couple of games, I, I do think Wisconsin goes into Minnesota and, and takes the axe back. And, you know, that could be the game also that, that clinches their, their ticket to Indianapolis. So I will say yes. Um, it's, it's tougher to say after, you know, losing to Illinois, but, um, I, I, there's still a lot of, a lot of things I like about this football team. And I think some of that will, will come out in these next few games. Um, again, we've talked about this. I, I think there's still a lot to play for. Um, you know, there's a lot of important football left. So I will say they get back to Indianapolis. I agree. I'm in the same boat as you. I think Minnesota, even though they're undefeated, they have a very rough November and I lay that out in our five things we learned package that we had on badgerblitz.com yesterday. Minnesota has to host Penn State, which is number six in the AP poll for this week, up from number seven. And then they have to go on the road at Iowa, never easy. Northwestern, which is never easy as well at Ryan Field, at least for Wisconsin. But on top of that, then they host Wisconsin. So that regular season finale inside TCF stadium, not just Paul Bunyan's ax will be on the line. In my opinion, I think the chance to go to Indianapolis will be on the line. I think Wisconsin obviously wants that ax back. And with so much on the line, I think they go. And I think they, I think they do represent the West in the big 10 championship game, but we'll talk more about that going forward. Obviously, again, we'll discuss more with, Buckeye Grove coming up about this upcoming game on the next show. But before we go, John, WIA state playoffs start this upcoming week for here. People in the state, obviously there are a lot of Wisconsin Badger commits uh, that have that play in state. It's a big class this year. What should stand, what should fans know about the playoffs coming up and and who's going to be all in them? Uh, Yeah. I mean, there's going to be quite a, quite a bit going on um, in the, in the playoffs that, you know, the brackets came out on Saturday and we got a story up right now on the site, just kind of previewing things and kind of looking through it through a Wisconsin lens uh, recruiting wise. And uh, you know, if you look at that division one field uh, you know, five undefeated teams, Milwaukee King, Muskego, Kimberly, Bayport, Madison Memorial, Uh, Muskego and uh, Kimberly played last year for for the D one title. Muskego came out on top. Um, I, I think they, the Warriors have a really good chance to get back, obviously led by, uh, you know, top 2021 Wisconsin target Hunter Wohler, um, you know, going down to Division Two, uh, you know, that Group B is just loaded. Uh, if you look at the teams in there, uh, you know, Brookfield Central, Menominee Falls, Homestead, Brookfield East, and Slinger, you know, I wrote that I, I wouldn't be shocked if any of those five teams that I mentioned, uh, you know, makes it to Camp Randall or just out of, out of that uh, pool in general. Um, and then maybe the maybe the biggest storyline, even though it is Division Five, um, Stratford, which has uh, Wisconsin commits uh, Ben Barton. I know Jake, you had a chance to see those guys earlier this year. They have not given up a point yet this season, and they are a two seed in Group A. So how is um, that possible? You know, that, by that's, the way, like I watched those guys; uh, they were dominant. Every, they, I mean, that was a dominant performance against a pretty good Columbus team, if I'm not mistaken. 
and Barton goes. I mean, that that offense and that defense were just on point. No points allowed, and they're a two seed. Uh, that, to me, that's insane. Yeah, that might be a question for uh, for Travis Wilson. I think that he was maybe explaining one possible way that 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 happened. You know, coaches not being able to nominate themselves or seed themselves, and then so I mean something happened. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the the clarity is on that, but um, you know, Stratford, a two seed, nine and zero, haven't given up a point yet. Um, you know, I would expect them to to come out on top in Division Five. So. Um, there's a lot of Wisconsin targets that are playing, and um, I tried to summarize it all in the article that we have up on the site right now. Excellent. And then what else should fans be expecting coming up this week from BadgerBlitz.com? Yeah, uh, you know, there's there's always going to be recruiting, so we'll try to get some recruiting stuff on, up on the site. Obviously, there's going to be less of that because we didn't have a home game on Saturday. Um, a lot of Ohio State stuff. I know that you still have some some basketball stuff that's still on the burner as well, so um, we'll try to put the Illinois stuff to bed as early as possible this week and, you know, obviously focus on Ohio state and, uh, then, you know, Jake, you'll be headed down there and then we'll, we'll be back on the podcast, either talking about a win or a loss to Ohio state, uh, in, in seven days. Absolutely. And folks, you can find all this on badgerblitz.com and wisconsin.rivals.com, Facebook, Wisconsin Badgers on badgerblitz.com. For Twitter, follow John, of course, for all the recruiting news that you need for Wisconsin. That's at McNamara Rivals. For me, it's at JCocoKOCO. And the official BadgerBlitz.com account, at Badger underscore Blitz. Then, for this podcast, make sure you guys follow Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and tune in. What you do when you hit subscribe, it's free. It does not mean that you pay anything for this website, for this podcast. What it allows you to do, though, whenever a new episode is uploaded, which we'll do tonight on Sunday night, what it'll do, it will go and it will run through and get to your iPhone, your Android phone, iPad, you name it, uh, desktop, laptop, iTunes, wherever you listen to this, it'll go straight to you. You get the latest updated episode. And so please subscribe. Also, feel free to leave us reviews why we really enjoy getting feedback from the fans we want to make this the best wisconsin badgers podcast out there and for that to happen we need your feedback five-star reviews are great we've gotten a great stream of them and it helps our popularity helps us grow but we would also love genuine feedback too so let's know what we can do better we've worked to implement a lot of changes so far in this podcast i know i give the spiel at the end of every show but Please, uh, five-star reviews are great, but please give us your honest thoughts about how we can make this better. So coming up this week, we'll have another episode breaking down Wisconsin, Ohio State from a variety of different angles. On top of that, a couple of player interviews and more. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys later this week on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media.